So hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael and I'm back today with another episode of Econ Fundamentals. This is our crowdfunding TTRPG campaign extravaganza, I guess. Joining me as always is Larry. Larry, say hello to everyone. Hi, good morning, audience. How are you all today? Hopefully as wonderful as we are. Hopefully. And then today we have a bonus special, extra extra special guest co-host, Brandon from the Dueling Ogres podcast. Brandon, say hello to everybody. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Thank you for having me, Michael. I appreciate it. Happy to have you, brother. Uh, so give me the lowdown. What is Dueling Ogres? What's the elevator pitch for that show? Uh, Dueling Ogres is a podcast where it's two friends. It's myself and my friend Remington, and we discuss science news, nerd news, things like that through a healthy mirror of self-deprecation. <laughs> okay. Sounds like fun. Uh, can it be found where all the usual podcasts can be found? Absolutely. You can go to duelingogres.com and we're there, or you can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, all the others. Okay. And then I'll put a link in the show notes uh, for that as well. And obviously all the campaigns that we cover today, there'll be links for those as well, but I'll put your podcast also. And then Larry, yours too. Uh, you know, Maybe we can get you to 17 listeners this year. That's, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I use the Anchor app and I do have uh, Mumfrey's Musings uh, where I've been chronicling my home campaign. Uh, the first one I've actually run in a couple of decades. So I was kind of excited to get back into the other side of the screen. Um, and again, it's Mumfrey's musings, and um, it's fun. Uh, it's it's just like I said, a chronicle. So it's it's not professional, but it's enjoyable. Nothing on here is professional, buddy. We're in a safe space. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump into the show today. So each of us has brought three campaigns, and as we mentioned last time when Larry and I did this, uh, we are no longer Kickstarter dependent. We are kind of broadening our horizon. So any place that a campaign is going on, whether it be GameFound, Game on Tabletop, Indiegogo, uh, some people I think are just doing like their own sort of thing. If it's a crowdfunding campaign that revolves around board games, card games, role-playing games, it qualifies. You know, we've just picked three each that we kind of like. These are not tacit endorsements. I don't know any of these creators. And so if, if you back them and they fail, not our fault. We're just trying to highlight some things that maybe you missed. I'm going to go first today, and I'm going to talk about Seeds of Decay. This is on Kickstarter, uh, and this is created by Daryl Jones. This is the fourth one they've created, but when I look, two of the others have been canceled. So he's, technically, this is the second one that they are doing. Uh, and they have backed 114, which uh, just for me is a nice kind of indicator that they're not just like trying to create something and then will disappear. The last game they created was called Dauber's Quest for the Key, an RPG deck builder. And from what I could tell looking at the comments and the updates. It was sent out reasonably close to the time frame when it was promised, but there were a lot of comments about people not getting theirs, and he wasn't necessarily quick about getting back to people, but it, I didn't see anybody who was flat out saying, I never got my game and burn in hell. Um, it is currently funded, in fact, three times over. It has 48000 on a goal of 10. Uh, the, episode, or the campaign should end about three weeks from when you're hearing this, if you're listening to this during the first week that this comes out. Uh, what Seeds of Decay is, it's supposed to be a 300-page source book fully compatible with 5e, includes 30 new spells, 60 new monsters, rules to create your own playable forest animal species. It includes some in the book like uh, tree people, rabbit people, tree frog people, that kind of thing. Uh, it's going to include an adventure that will take you from first to eighth level. It also includes the rules for building inventions and contraptions, like if you want to build your own repeating crossbow or like a mini trebuchet that shoots like flaming mushrooms, all that's supposed to be in there. The campaign looks 
great. Like it looks professional. All the art, even the the you know the, like the whole campaign. That clearly someone knows what they're doing. Put this together. It looks nifty and neat and professional overall. Uh, I like the art. I like the way it looks. It's kind of cutesy, but also the seeds of decay is that there's something wrong with the forest. Some darkness is creeping in. So it looks great to me overall. I think it looks like something that would be fun. The lowest pledge level is $25. That gets you the source book and PDF. There's a mid-tier for $50, which gets you a printed hardcover plus the digital stuff. And then the highest tier is $120, which is a deluxe box set, which includes a gold foil hardback, some fold-out maps, reference cards, a set of dice, character sheet packs, and more. And the estimated delivery date is February 2023, so basically a year from now. That sounds like you've got a lot of systems to put into play, if, especially if you want to do throw your own homebrew stuff in there. Like you said, you've got the, the bits and pieces to work with and uh, put it together yourself. Sounds great for that. And you said you play as animals? Uh, I believe it includes rules for creating your own uh, forest kin, which in there's, I think the example, there's like rabbit people, tree frog people, like tree people, but I believe there's also rules for making your own. So like if you want to play a badger, I guess, who doesn't care, then you probably have <laughs> rules to do that. All right. And again, that is Seeds of Decay. So we'll move on. Larry, why don't you go with your first one, please? Uh, the first one that I wanted to talk about is called Purple Haze. It's found on the platform GameFound. It's a board game here where you're back in 1967 and you have a little squad of Marines that uh, your chopper has been shot down. It comes with a series of eight missions that are they're linked together, uh, but you, you play through them like a campaign. Um, again, it's a, a board game and this has so many pieces in it. Uh, the creator of this is the company's called Phalanx. And they've done 11 previous ones. Those were primarily on Kickstarter. So they don't really go into why they chose to go on GameFound this time, but they did switch platforms for it. Uh, it's at $98,000 right now, uh, converted from, I think, British pounds. So they're 250% funded. They're way past that. One of their interesting uh, goals that they're closing in on, if they can get to $110,000, they are going to reduce the cost of shipping. I mean, it's it's a... I'm sorry, I think it was from euros, not pounds, but it's they're going to drop that by another euro, which, you know, that's another what dollar fifteen or something. So I mean, that's that's always nice to see that. But they've added additional marines and some other items through their stretch goals already. But uh, ideally, this is from one to four players. Um, it says it's got a rough game time estimate of ninety minutes. They already, if you're if you're even interested in taking a look at this at all, they have a fully playable quick start manual you can download that gives you the basics of all the rules. They also have on um, operational. Uh, what's the uh, tabletop tabletop simulator? Which I thought maybe that might uh, interest you, um, Michael, since you do use that frequently. They have an, uh, a demo you can actually play over on that 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 system. That's cool. It is. They have a lot of videos that explain how the board moves. You have a master little panel down there that tracks your your squad's initiative, how close it is to a threat level, which in turn leads to battles. Um, but it's a, a tactical-based uh, board game. Um, and it's role-playing in the sense that you have your squad of Marines, and each Marine has their own card, which they have different abilities. Uh, some have better traits than others. They also have a little backstory to them. And it, you play through story missions. You play through optional encounters. 
everybody can have gear attachments. I mean, it, there's it. You can really take it down to the individual uh, marine as a squad, and then all overall, you're using, you're moving your squad around the terrain, um, and and trying to get to your uh, objectives. And if you complete your objectives for that mission, you get a reward at the end, which entails some experience, which allows you to upgrade your individual marines. Uh, and you also can re retrieve gear uh, and additional weapons and things like that as you progress through the missions. Um, it's got a dice mechanic uh, for resolving anything with chance, like if you run into combat or if there's a chance of triggering booby traps. Uh, that's one of the encounter types that you can run into. And all the dice are included in the box set uh, for that. It, it the Kickstarter, or excuse me, the game found itself shows you many, many steps of the game that's illustrated and has animations to go through that. And it's pretty easy to follow along. The quick starts eight pages. It was, uh, download, I downloaded it, read through it. I really easily understood what they were talking about once you get the terminology down. And again, almost everything important is tracked on one little board that's played, uh, that you, you move your tokens across. So it's laid out well. If you're interested in that era, it seems to have that the scenarios have a lot of flavor. They uh, mention some particular villages and stuff, but I don't know if that's that's really accurate. But as far as if you're a war gamer, this uh, reminded me of the old sniper game where you had all the little numbers on every chit and you'd have to roll attacks and things of that nature. But the system, it, it's uh, it explains it very well, I, better than I can do. Uh, to, if you're interested in getting in on this one, the base pledge is uh, $72. That will include the base game that shows everything you're working with, dice, counters, and all that. And they include the first expansion, which is called Tunnel Rats, and it has some additional terrain, which is basically tunnels. So um, that will get you both of those sets. And uh, they've hit some stretch goals, which... Um, already that have added some additional marine cards, some additional encounter cards. So you just have more more uh, bits to play with. Uh, so it's not exactly going through the same scenario if you want to replay it. Because you can go through this as a single player or uh, up to four players uh, for this. They've, Like I said, they've met their funding goal. It's expected to be about a, a year before you're going to get this. So they're shooting for March of next year. Um, and that's And they're still finalizing... Uh, play so they are essentially like in a beta right now and if anything comes up they said that they're going to have everything updated but they still expect to be able to, to ship it by march of next year there are several preview videos and a couple play you know how to play videos so i think it was really well put together it looks professional and again this is their uh 11th or 12th uh crowdfunding uh thing going together so i i, I like this um now shipping if you go to the bottom it's about, I think, 18 or more dollars just for shipping to the U.S. And if you're talking like Hawaii or somewhere, triple that. It's, it's very, it, fairly high. But, you know, again, it's a, it's a big box set. Oh, the only other interesting thing, uh, was if they have enough people that are internationally, they have the option. If you can get 150 pledges for a particular language, they're going to reprint it uh, in that language as well. So I thought that was kind of neat too. That is. That's very cool. All right. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It looks good. I, I like the fact that they have a lot of these, you know, how to play videos up. They've got some previews and reviews for some 
you know, websites and stuff much bigger than our own. So this is, you know, it looks like it'd be pretty quality, like Dice Tower is on here as well as some others. Uh, so it looks solid. I don't know that this is the type of game that I particularly would like to play, but looking at the components, it looks like it's really well put together. So I don't, and it's also a co-op game. So that maybe what is in my wheelhouse? It could be the thing uh, that you can have um, if issues that uh, evolve through the gameplay. Like I said, there are eight different scenarios you can you can play through, and they they follow a storyline. If you have things that happen to a marine, if they can always die, but I mean uh, they can always suffer mental or physical uh, issues as well, and they will continue to carry those. They have uh, condition cards. You basically just place it with your marine, and it will alter their traits. You know if they've experienced a, a, a bad injury, so mm-hmm. you know you have that campaign follow through. I, th- I think it is a, a well thought out and put together system myself. Did you say you create one Marine or you create a group of Marines? You've got a squad you deal with, and uh, depending on the scenario, it can vary the number of actual Marines you put in your squad. Okay. Uh, I also saw here on the campaign that 1% of the funds collected during the campaign will be donated to the Vietnam War History Foundation. All right. I did look at that, too, because I I thought, well, that sounds great, right? It yeah. turns out the uh, Vietnam War History Foundation is a private Facebook group that I'm not a member mm. of. So take that as you will. I, I, okay. You know. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Again, take that as you will. All right. Thank you, Larry, very much. Brandon, what's your first one this week? Uh, my first one is called the Folio Retro Classics Ice on the Water Trilogy. So a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> It was created by Scott Taylor, who has created 62 successful projects so far. So he's pretty prolific as far as Kickstarter goes. Uh, He currently works at TSR, where he does a lot of 5th edition stuff. Uh, It is a level 10 plus trilogy of games, Ice on the Water, The Mines of Doom, and The Castle of Death. It has reached almost $12,000 of its $6,000 goal, so it's been fulfilled already. Uh, Art of the Genre, which is the group that is putting this out. So Scott Taylor is the creator, but Art of the Genre is the group. Has fulfilled 10 novels using crowdfunding platforms as well as delivering 27 folios, 6 folio digital quarterlies, 6 folio black labels, and 22 folio mini adventure supplements. There's a $20 point of entry for the three PDFs. $50 is physical and PDF, and $100 is PDFs of folios 1 through 28, quarterly 1 through 6, and black label 1 through 6. The estimated delivery is October 22nd, although in the comments I noticed, people were asking, you know, hey, when am I going to get this folio? When am I going to get that folio? And he was very coy about, you know, it's going to come out in October, but maybe it'll come earlier winky face so Mm. i don't know if october's really when it's going to be or whether he's just being coy about it but it ends february 9th at 10 a.m and he created the thing i like about this is he created this scenario when he was 14 so he has all the hand-drawn maps that he did when he was 14 and has decided to go back and turn this into a full-fledged adventure it is written in the original AD&D rules but it also has 5th edition supplements or 5th edition rules on the side. Mm-hmm. So you can translate it to 5th edition as well. And the premise of it is you're tasked with collecting sprigs from the four trees of time. And these will allow a southern city to fight against a druid who is disrupting their shipping lanes. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it looks cool. 
Yeah, I mean, this I put this as number three because this I kind of put mine in the order of what interests me the most. Okay. And while this does interest me quite a bit, I love the idea that he did this when he was so young. Mm-hmm. Because I know the stuff I wrote when I was 14 is just wild compared to the stuff I would write now. <sighs> yeah. So I'm curious to see what kind of outlandish big mega superheroes are in this world. Very cool. He certainly is a prolific author. There's a lot of material there that you can uh, snatch up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like for $100, getting all of the PDFs really isn't that bad of a investment to buy in. No, and again, that all-in pledge really is all-in. It's basically like everything they've done. Um, right. That's that's not a bad. And, you know, I think $20 to get a, the sampler isn't a bad place to start either. And if you do really like it, then probably the next one he does will also have $100 for everything type of a thing. So, yeah, very, very cool. All right. Uh, so for me, my number two this week is Heckin' Good Dogs, which if you spell it the way they do, it's kind of hard to find. It's on Kickstarter. Don't put the apostrophe. Just put Heckin'. It'll come up. Otherwise, it won't. I don't know. Kickstarter's their spelling algorithm search function is not very good. So this is created by Wet Ink Games. They've created nine. They've backed zero. Sometimes I give companies that use Kickstarter a little bit more grace because it's very likely that individual creators have backed them, but but their company has not. So something to keep in mind. I checked some of their past Kickstarters and they do seem to be late on delivery, but seem to be good with updates and communication about what's going on. Uh, They are also currently funded. They have 11,000, a little over 11,000 on a goal of 10,000. This campaign is going to end in about two and a half weeks from the time you're listening to this. If you listen to this the week it comes out. Uh, The game promises to be a family-friendly, all-ages role-playing game where the players take on the roles of humankind's best friend, the dog. It's a game of dogs doing dog stuff, such as finding treats, barking at squirrels, finding their missing human, banishing an ancient spirit that threatens the neighborhood, or scavenging supplies in a futuristic wasteland and more. The last two of those are what primarily interested me, and I do love the the cheeky way that they have laid that out so basically it's a fun little cutesy rpg where you get to play a good doggo uh the lowest pledge is ten dollars that gets you the source book and pdf there's a middle tier of twenty dollars for a soft cover but the book is a six by nine and then all digital stuff as well there was a forty dollar or there is a forty dollar tier that includes a deck of playing cards which i believe are like npcs i'm not 100 percent sure on that uh there was there was also a 75 dollar level where you could include your doggo in the art but all of those have been taken so so sad on that one <laughs> um every two thousand dollars past the ten thousand dollar goal up to twenty thousand dollars adds a new adventure included by various guest contributors and the estimated delivery date is may 2022 so just about four or five months away I don't. I think this is the type of game again. If if you're if you're smiling and laughing now, this is probably the game for you. If you're like, what are you talking about? Probably one to skip. But heckin' good dogs, I think it's worth your time to look at, especially if you have little ones that you're trying to get into role playing games. Because I see that on like Twitter, Reddit, Facebook all the time. I have a six year old. I have a seven year old. I got an eight year old. I'm thinking about playing role playing games. What's a good one to start? And you get all the obvious. Offers from GURPS to D&D 5e to Cypher System to, right. you know, No Thank You Evil. Some of those are better actual uh, offers than others. But if you like dogs, you got kids, heckin' good dogs might be uh, worth your time and effort to take a look at. 
It's no surprise that the one level that you get to include your dog in the game is gone because people really love their dogs. I can see that. Yes. <laughs> and well, we talked about this last time because you were asking like some of those really high tiers, they don't always make sense. You know, like why would someone do that? Because I mean, you're, you're basically playing double the cost of the game, almost triple. Uh, yeah, actually more than triple the base cost of the game just to get your dog included. And all of those are gone. So yeah, they gave people an opportunity to give them money and they took it. <laughs> I would say uh, when I was at uh, Origins this year, I went for one day and I stopped by the booth and they had the Wet Ink games. Two of the f folks were there and they were selling um, Never Going Home and I picked up some of that, those copies. But the guys were very friendly. The two that I talked to answered every question and uh, you know they didn't have this out, of course, yet since they've just brought mm -hmm. it to market. But that yeah, they were I definitely wouldn't have any issues supporting their stuff, even though you mentioned, you know, some of the things took a while to get delivered. I mean, late on delivery is almost the expectation now, I think, <laughs> on Kickstarter and crowdfunding. I, I think people just need to be more reasonable about their goals. Like whatever you think you're gonna do at six months, because I'd rather you get it early than late. But the fact that they were good on communication, the updates I saw, you know, were continuing, communication in, in the comments seemed to be reasonable. So I'm never going to give fault somebody for being late. It's just when they just stop communicating about being late, that's that's an issue. And and again, my cursory examination, that doesn't seem to be the case here. So, right. yeah. Again, heckin' good dogs. Check it out on Kickstarter. All right, Larry, what's your number two, sir? Uh, the second one here I've got is called Shepherd's Bane. And this is uh, on the platform Indiegogo. Okay. Necromancer Games is doing this one. And it's, a, I guess, a subset it's under the troll excuse me frog god games is who they are a part of and they primarily produce uh either osr type adventures or current DD &D adventures um but this one here is um an adventure se uh, set off by itself it runs uh, through the 8th of february you've got uh, the option on a fifth edition or a swords and wizardry version so you can get both if you're interested but um, it's $10 for a PDF to get in on this one or $20 for a PDF and you get a print version. Uh, they have options. If you're overseas, you can get a print-on-demand version, which is going to be printed overseas anyway, and it should be a lot cheaper on printing, excuse me, on shipping costs. If you're in the U.S., they're going to have some printed in Arizona, so you don't have to pay the overseas shipping that way. So if you want print, you have options uh, to get it. Again, this one is the same size, a six by nine, that digest size. I think you mentioned for heckin' good dogs, so it's smaller than your full size mm -hmm. book there. But this one is centers around a werewolf identity mystery game. It's for starting levels one to three. Uh, they are going to give you a, a village that's fleshed out and the surrounding area. It's sort of inside of a, a foggy swamp. So it's uh, set up to be a scary mystery where there is uh, a traveling troop of entertainers coming through the area and someone is spreading the lycanthropy disease. So you've got to look out for that. Pete Spawn actually uh, wrote this. He's one of the freelancers for um, uh, Necromancer Games. He's probably best known for his World War II Operation White Box system that he put out, but he's also or done work with uh, Necromancer Games on other um, adventures before. And this, I've backed, I think, three of these on Indiegogo this way through Necromancer Games. They, uh, the print quality is nice. Um, they are, if you get the ones printed in the, the U.S., they have the is it saddle stitching or uh, 
or I'm sorry, they're stapled. They're not the perfect bound ones. And I like the way they those lay open better myself. I was that guy who took all my Savage Worlds digests to Kinko's and got them like cut and then spiral bound so they'll lay flat. So yeah, I get that. Exactly. Um, I'm sorry, February of 2022 is the expected delivery date. So the PDFs would be shipped out immediately through drive-thru. Uh, the printing will take a little bit longer to get to you, but you you know, next month they should be available for download. I like this because, like I said, I've got some of their adventures already. You get a decent sized, maybe a couple of sessions you can get out of this easily, but they go through. The NPCs are always significant. You just don't get a few stats enough that you're on your own. There's a story here set up. There are relationships uh, between the NPCs in the village, and then you have the entire foggy swamp area around them to also do some other investigations. So... I think this one's going to be neat. Um, I may end up back in this one. I haven't yet, but I'm excited about that. I like werewolves. I think that adds a cool, uh, scary horror level uh, to the mystery. So I'm I'm looking forward into probably uh, getting this one next month. Again, though, you can get in ten bucks for the PDF. Uh, they've tr- almost quadrupled uh, their goal already so it's it's well past their funding. They don't uh, have any other uh, stretch goals in there that. Uh, that, that will be met will change that will change anything so i'm looking and i'm seeing it says march for delivery not february yeah march 22 i think domestic I, international is april but that's still not bad i mean that's like you know anywhere between two and six weeks away or whatever that's that's not bad at all and they may have updated that because of who knows what well i checked in yesterday and i have just i have disseminated misinformation uh, i apologize <laughs> because yeah i do see that um different dates there than what I had just said for February. So I do apologize for that. And they may have changed it. So it's entirely possible that wasn't you, but either way, I don't think that's a, a you know, a big issue. A couple of weeks is not going to make or break anybody. I don't think. And they seem like they have a really strong track record of success. So yeah, I think that's a very good entry price point for someone who's maybe new to this company or these types of adventures. Yeah. 10 bucks for a PDF is not bad. The ones that I, like I said, I've backed several, and the way I believe these seem to be working out is everything is done, because once these close down, you get your PDFs very quickly, uh, so it's not like, we were going to write this after we get the money. It's, you know, that's mm-hmm. taken care of. Yeah, I've seen that quite, especially with, like, the Zine sort of thing they do on Kickstarter a lot of times. It's like within hours of closure, people start getting their codes and stuff, so that's cool. It is. Very cool. All right, thank you, sir. And then, Brandon, what is your number two? My number two has to do with life, the universe, and everything. This is called Space Aces Voyages in Infinite Space, which is a system agnostic game that takes a lot of um, inspiration from Red Dwarf, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, things like that. It was created by a man named Stephen D. of Seattle, Washington, who this is his only his second Kickstarter so far, and his first one was the guidebook for this system. So he's kind of all in on Space Aces at this point. And that was successfully backed. There's $8,000 pledged so far of a $4,242 goal, which is a great nod to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that took me a moment to get. And the expected delivery date is December 2022. Now, I don't know if this is something you guys might be able to answer because I'm not super familiar with Kickstarters. I'm kind of new to the world of it. When somebody puts the delivery date as December 2022, does that typically mean we don't know and we're just putting a placeholder of sometime this year? 
Uh, no, it, it could be that's what they actually expect. But again, most Kickstarters that I've backed almost always are a little bit late. So could be too. I don't know. Okay. The setting itself is system agnostic, but includes Space Ace's accelerated 2E system, which uses a D20 and a D6 resolution system. So there's no stats. There's no stat points. You just straight roll a D20 or a D6 and you succeed or you fail based on those rolls. There's a financial hardship backing, which is $9 for a PDF of the book in printable cards. Uh, that one looks like it's, there's still some openings for it. There's 69 left of 131 backers so far. Uh, the description for that says, for those who can't afford to pay full price, no questions asked, may it bring you much joy, which I think is a really cool way to do this because then the next tier up from that is $15. So you can pay $9 and get the basics or $15 if you have a little more money to work with. Uh, $15 for the digital book, or you can pay $15 for the physical cards by themselves. Now, I've kind of skipped over what it is. You have this system, and then you also have like hex-based cards, and you set those up like a map almost, and there's different planets on these cards, and you roll for what the planet is. So you're... Adventuring through space and going kind of a planet of the week model, which I think sounds really neat. You can also do $39 for a physical book or $59 for a physical book and the physical cards, which also includes a digital copy. The book's over 160 pages, and it says, according to the Kickstarter, there's hundreds of pieces of weird gear, rare resources, and starship upgrades, and of course, a towel generator, <laughs> because every good space adventure needs their towel. Fantastic. The risks and challenges are very vague. There's not like anything specific. The risks and challenges are basically, you know, well, sometimes risks and challenges happen and we'll try to deal with it. There's unpredictability. But it seems like this would be a, well, I don't want to say this would be a safe bet because you never want to say a safe bet about Kickstarters. Right. But the fact that he has one already done and backed and put out into the world makes me feel a little bit more safe about donating to this one or pledging mm. to this one. Yeah. It looks pretty cool looking at it right now. Again, nice looking art, kind of a neat, just I, the cards kind of making the universe. And again, it just has like, you could put it like literally or like a cone, that type of thing that looks fun. Right. Yeah. And I'm not sure when it says system agnostic, how that would work. I don't know if you guys would have any information on or any suggestions on what system agnostic would be for a game such as this. So generally that just means that the rules are so simple they can be imported into any game that you're already playing. So if you're playing 5e and you want to go to space, you could sort of plug and play this with those existing rules. They don't like invalidate any existing rules that you're using, which usually means they're just so lightweight that they aren't going to affect anything. So it's more of like a flavor. Like if you want to take your D and D into space, this will work. But I mean, those, those are some wild examples. Obviously there's other games like, you know, superheroes or other space type games that might make more sense. So it feels like this is more of a setting or like a setting sort of generator than an actual game. The rules would have to be so lightweight as to again, not invalidate the others, but that doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing. But this is me just skimming the, the campaign. So there may be more information that I'm not seeing. Yeah, there's a lot of information on the setting, but not so much on the rules themselves. I couldn't find anything about how it played. 
and I was getting my information solely from the Kickstarter. I didn't want to go and look up the old book and pull information. I wanted to just present the Kickstarter as it is. You're right. Yeah. So looking at it, so basically it's it's going to help you randomly generate a universe. So that's what the rules are. Here's a planet that you that might be in the midst of a civil war, or here's a town that's out of towels. Uh, and then you, you would use <laughs> the rules of your existing game to interact with that planet or those people or that situation type of a thing. Well, so. thank goodness they provide the towel generator because I don't remember seeing one of those in my five e-books. That's true. You know, that, <laughs> that may be plugging a hole that uh, has long been uh, causing problems in people's world. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Thank you for sharing. And I think it's back to me for my number three. What I'm going with, this is another Kickstarter, Augmented Arcana. This is created by Magecraft LLC. This is their first created zero-backed. Again, a little bit hesitancy. They're someone's first ever campaign. They've never backed, but again, they could have individual people who have backed. Uh, it is currently funded three times over. They have a little over 15000 on a goal of 5000 It ends in about three weeks from the time you're listening to this. Again, if, it comes, if you listen to it the week it comes out. And what this project promises is a set of magical spell cards that come to life when viewed through the mobile or desktop app. So if you're familiar at all with augmented uh, reality type of games, essentially it overlays something fantastical or magical or not real over the real environment. So like you look through your phone and you're walking down the street, but you see like a Pokemon running around and you flick your Pokeball at it for Pokemon Go. So this is a set of cards that you can hold the phone up to and they will generate a magical effect like a sphere, a fireball, a bunch of glyphs, glowing lights. And these are tied together initially with the OGL for 5e and all the cantrips. So you could like cast Firebolt, you hold up the card and you look through your phone and it looks like you can actually see like a magical effect. I'm kind of putting this one here as I don't know that this is necessarily worth what they're asking. I'll get to that. But I do think this is going to be the future of in-person role-playing games. I think... VR is great. I don't know if we're ever going to get to the hollow deck level of, you know, immersive interaction in a, a virtual space. Right. But I think in a few years, people are going to have things like Google Glasses where you're looking through and everyone sees the same dragon that you're fighting or everyone's going through a dungeon and all of that is virtually laid over the real world that you're interacting with. So I think that's kind of a cool technology that's kind of emerging and I, I would like to see it do more. Uh, there are, again, there are some red flags on this campaign, so please take all this with a grain of salt. The lowest pledge level is $15 for print and cast, so you can print your own versions of the 24 cantrips. Then for $30, you unlock whatever deck that you want out of all the ones that are available. Here's where things get hinky. So it's 30 for one deck, 50 for two decks, 75 for three decks, $100 for five decks, 120 for six decks and 180 for 10 decks. But right now there's only two decks available and all those other decks don't come available unless they hit some really high stretch goals. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do it. So I don't, if you're paying 180 bucks for 10, I don't think you're ever going to get more than two because it seems like they've got to get to like 50 to a hundred thousand dollars to get more than like four decks. That doesn't look like it's going to happen to me. Again, I could be wrong. Maybe a million people will listen to this episode. That's not going to happen. And then go rush out and back this and they get there. But that seems a little bit weird. But I think $15 for that print and cast 
is a pretty uh, interesting level. They also have one that is Mysterious Magic that's customizable. So the cards themselves already have art and effects laid on, but they're not tied to a specific spell. So you, as a homebrew, you could make your own spell that kind of matches what it does for your own games. Uh, they're also spell cards. So if you get the one that says Firebolt on the back, it has all the OGL text for casting Firebolt. So like I have the, you know, the 5e cards from Gale Force 9 type of a thing, but these are tarot size cards and they just look kind of cool. They did unlock one stretch goal already, which includes five additional area of effect spells that gets included with every order. So if you have the cantrip or the magic, uh, your you know the the one you make your own, you're going to get five cards with AOL spells. That one from each level, one through five. Uh, the next stretch goal is at twenty five thousand dollars. That just gets you laminated cards, and then fifty thousand is when you unlock your next deck, which is level one, volume one, which is like basically A through. M of the level one spells. And then from there it goes to volume two of level one, then level two, volume one, level two, volume two, so on and so forth. Estimated delivery date is August of this year. So it seems like they've got a lot of the work put in or they think they have. Um, and they're just hoping to unlock these additional cards. So I put this one in here, but it, it, I have some hesitancy beyond that $15 uh, entry level myself. So, you know, again, buyer beware. Uh, any thoughts on this one, gentlemen? The animations uh, that they have up there it certainly does hit the cool factor because that's neat, especially where mm -hmm. they have like the uh, the fog cloud or whatever it is laid down inside the 3D terrain and it's got the yep. cloud of fog inside. That does look cool. Um, this, 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 do you remember a couple of years, maybe not quite that long, but they did, there was a Kickstarter that came out and it had a deck of cards that were spell cards, but they had the like lenticular design and on the back and it was sort of, it was not an you know an, an augmented reality card. It was a you tilt it and it gave you a an animation. They were spell I, cards similar to these. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. That's what it reminded me of. But uh, wow, yeah, th that does look cool. Yeah, yeah. I just think the funding levels are a little bit weird. It being the first one, I'm a little hesitant. But I could see throwing 15 at the the print and play to try it out and see what you think. But again, uh, take a look, see if you're interested, and go with. <laughs> All right, Larry, what is your number three, please? The uh, last one I had was – I have to admit, uh, the name got me interested, and then once I started reading about it some more, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in on this. Rancid Canyons of the Floating Death Sheep. Uh, this one is on Kickstarter, um, and it is – that like blew my mind. I was like, okay, I got to go see what this is. Initially, I'm expecting Morkborg or something like that, but it's available. Uh, Glenn Seal is the creator here. He's got Monkey Blood uh, Designs. He does publishing there. He does his own cartography. A lot of times, he does cartography for other projects. His his map is his mapping skills are really nice. He's done several Kickstarters. Uh, Eleven created back ninety four of them. I have some of his already. Some of them are just literally, here's a pack of small maps. They are, they are really nice. His map work is, is really, it's great. I recommend him solely on that. But, uh, the goal of this, uh, converted from, uh, let me see, uh, converted from pounds over to, uh, dollars because I just don't understand pounds, you know. So, uh, <laughs> it's right at $5,000, uh, that they've made so far and pledged, uh, the goal was 2680 So. They've uh, almost doubled uh, their goal. It's got nine days to go on this. Um, it's a spooky-looking 
the little visual he's got up there to to start it off. It, it's got some devil, evil looking sheep. It's avail- going to be available for DCC, the um, Dungeon Crawl Classics, which is no surprise there because that does seem to fit in with their whole theme. It's going to also be available for 5th edition uh, and also Swords and Wizardry. So they're going to have three distinct products, depending on which system you want. You can, of course, get all three or one or two. Um, Being produced overseas, so the shipping on this one was a a little bit – it's going to be a little bit expensive. But uh, what it really boils down to the uh, scenario here is you've got the central city of Yarrowbone, and they're known for their flavorful meats. Well, there's been an issue lately that they've uh, used to le- let their um, their livestock uh, travel far and wide and graze out in the Badlands. Something happened in the Badlands where it's getting worse. So they go out and start bringing, bringing, have to keep bringing in their livestock closer and closer to home because they're getting killed out there. They're just finding like aliens are coming by and dissecting them or something. Strange, th- strange things are afoot. So, uh, and of course, having not been able to graze in what they're used to getting just the homegrown grass, the meat's not as flavorful as it once was. So it's starting to hurt the industry. So of course, you find adventures are here uh, going to go and investigate this. Now, it's just sort of wacky enough that I thought, oh, man, this sounds pretty, pretty out of left field here. But again, yeah. um, Glenn's maps, and he's got, I think, a half a dozen uh, maps to go along with this. The, they are top-notch quality. The city, well, I guess it's more of a village of Yarrowbone, Yarrowbone um, is set up to where they've got, uh, I think it was 22 different locations that are detailed and NPCs to go along with all of those. And from the products of his that I have that I've already uh, got, uh, he does a, a wonderful job on this. Um, different adversaries got some new magic items in here. Again, depending on which system, it'll be set up for that system. They've got some art uh, in the book that's depicting the village and the NPCs. Some additional adventure hooks, and it, it gives you the idea that you can use this as an adventure more than a one-shot. You can take Yarrow Bone and have it as a base and sort of branch out and maybe even a, a home base for a future a campaign here. You're looking at um, an A5, A5 sized, so it's six inches by eight inches here. Roughly 60 pages, depending on system. Uh, that varies just by a couple uh, pages either way. If you want to get in on this one, um, again, it's in English pounds, but it's $27 if you want to get the physical system. You get one book and a, a PDF. Now, these will have to be of the same system, so you can't order a DCC PDF and then get a 5e book. You'd have to go ahead and get the um, PDF and the, the physical for each one. It's, uh, I think it's reasonable. It was uh, $11 if you just want the PDF for a system, $21 for two systems, $29 for three systems, and that's on PDFs. They'll be delivered via drive through RPG. Um, the physical books, uh, which include a PDF, it's $27, $47, and $68 if you want one, two, or three of the systems. And he's handling the back end of this. The, the pledge manager thing is going to be done through his own web store at Monkey Blood designs so they're not going through backer kit or anything like that for it um it shows you uh, interior art and some different layouts for the npcs again i uh, personally i'm interested in this because of previous quality here 
They've got uh, Edwin Nagy is doing the fifth edition conversion. So it's going to take the story and then just convert the system over to fifth edition. Um, and he has uh, a long list of items he's worked on doing exactly that. And they've got Sean Christopher and Charles Richard that are doing a conversion over to the DCC system. So uh, I think I'm in on this one. But uh, the only stretch goal they have at all is at 10,000 pounds, which they're quite a ways uh, away from. They're going to have a heavy-duty paper. Uh, one side's going to be a handout map of the region, and the other side is going to have handout information on the excuse me on the village, uh, and that'll be included physical and uh, PDF if you're interested. So that's what this one is. And shipping here towards the end, uh, I think it's going to be eleven dollars shipping for one or two systems to the U.S., and then it jumps up to twenty. $24 shipping if you get all three uh, of them sent uh, to the U.S. So uh, there's that. Uh, it's expected to be delivered in June of 2022. So he's got a little bit of time left, but if they're already doing the conversion, you know, hopefully everything is already written up and kind of uh, kind of excited for this one. Very cool. I, I will admit that I did see that as I was scrolling through and I just immediately dismissed it because of the way <laughs> that cover looks. Oh. But now that you kind of told me what it is, I've sort of like, oh, that was a, a missed opportunity because that is actually kind of cool. And then it's seen that it's DCC compatible. is like, yes, that makes complete sense now. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. All right, Brandon, it's to you, sir, for your final, which I guess is your technical number one. So what is your, your <laughs> top one for us? My top one, speaking of going with God, is called The Adventure's Guide to the Bible, 5th Edition. Okay, I saw this on Twitter, and I will be honest, I initially thought this was some sort of joke. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, it's not a joke, and it actually looks really cool. Now, I do want to say that I'm not like a super religious person, but this was created by Red Panda Publishing. This is their first Kickstarter, which... I know can kind of set off bells for you set off warning bells that especially with somebody's first Kickstarter, their goal was $5,500 and they've already reached 56,000 and some change at this point. It ends on Saturday, February 5th. So there's not a whole lot of time left after this episode comes out. If this is something that interests you, I would say go get it sooner rather than later. It's based on five E rules. It's a 350 page book, which is gigantic. <laughs> <laughs> the lowest tier is $9 and gets you just the adventure map. $25 is the first tier that gets you a digital copy of the book and your name in the credits and the world map. There's a $25 retailer tier, which gets you a discount on ordering five books if you're a retailer. Uh, $39 for the hardcover. And then $70 gets you the Secrets of Eden bundle, which includes the Secrets of Eden campaign expansion. Now, $70 to me seems like a pretty hefty buy-in to get an expansion for a system that you haven't even played yet. It was created to be both fun and true to the source material of the Bible, contains over 100 NPCs, a spectrum approach to alignment. The module includes an adventure for PCs level 1 to 10. They're also including four playable new lineages, which is what they're calling races now. Nephilim, Giants, Humans, and Raphame, which I'm not familiar enough with the Bible to know what a Raphame is. But I looked it up and it's some sort of undead giant that apparently was mm. in there at one point. Cool. Uh, it includes new subclasses for the Barbarian, Cleric, Wizard, Fighter, Bard, and Druid. 
All stretch goals have been met except the $65,000 tier that promises content, in quotes, but doesn't say what the content is exactly. Wow. Yeah, it takes place in biblical times. It says that there's some of the things you can experience are like the three wise men disappearing as they followed the North Star, the death of Cleopatra, the fight with Goliath the giant, things like that. So I think it sounds really interesting, especially growing up in the church. The creator said that he was making this for people like in youth groups and things who like to play fifth edition and want to introduce the Bible into their campaign. I'm still I'm still a little nervous with this being their first Kickstarter. I'm going to pledge to this one, but I'm going to pledge with the caveat that I probably won't ever see it, <laughs> which I hate to say, and maybe that's a little harsh to say, but it's under their risks and challenges. They have around 50 artists waiting to get paid to start the artwork. Mm. So the art, the artists haven't really begun yet. There's also drive through RPG fulfillment and expanded content. If more tiers are unlocked that they'll have to work on as well. And then of course, supply chain issues, which I know is every Kickstarter right now. Right. But yeah, if they are expecting to deliver August of this year and they have artists who haven't started yet, <laughs> now it could be that artists have like said, I'll go ahead and do the art and then my pay will be based on the success of the Kickstarter. I know that happens sometimes. Okay. So so that's different than they haven't started yet. But if they haven't started, there's no way this is going to get done by August. Yeah, well, when you look at the Kickstarter, there is art for it. But... Yeah, it says, we have around 50 artists standing by to take contracts to illustrate this module. Once we are funded, that artists can get to work. Oh, uh, yeah, then no. I, again, we're talking about the Bible, so maybe a miracle will happen and <laughs> there will be art delivered. But yeah, art takes a while, you know, because yeah. you, you have, you have to like, this is what I think. Here's a sketch. Is this, is this match? Kind of, here's like, there's a back and forth process. They have 50 different artists. Again, I don't know. It, you know, I I did a first time Kickstarter. No one knew who the heck I was. I'm about to do a first time game Kickstarter. No one's going to know who the heck I am. So, just because this is your first doesn't mean that it won't be successful. But delivering this year and you say up front you have artists who haven't started yet, that does seem like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. But I don't know. Now, again, I will say I am I'm basically as close to a godless heathen as you can get to these days. But I grew up in a religious household and I grew up playing D and D during the middle of the satanic panic. And my take on this, and this isn't original. I saw some people on Twitter talking about it is if this helps people start playing role-playing games, because it can kind of bridge the, because a lot of D and D is, is heroics. I use D and D like role-playing games is you're playing the good guy. You're going out and you're doing good things and you're saving people. So there's a lot of like morality that's kind of baked in. Now you have people who like to play the bad guys. That's fine. That's different. So, so I don't know. It's like if this, this can actually help bring people to the hobby through the barrier of maybe parents or other religious, you know, figures in their lives are like, I don't know about these types of games, then I'm all for it. But I share your concerns of whether or not this will ever actually happen or if it will happen anywhere near the time they think. Exactly. This would be a shelf book for me. This would be something I don't know if I would ever run it, but I like the idea of owning it. And the artwork from what they've shown looks great and the mock-up of the book. But again, you know, if they haven't even gotten artists to finish the work yet, then all of this stuff is just a mock-up. Who knows what it's actually going to look like. Right. Interesting. All right. Well, there it is, folks. There is nine different 
crowdfunding campaigns for you to go take a look at. You know, ideally here, what we're trying to do most of the time is to maybe highlight something that isn't quite there yet. And maybe our exposure can help them get over the hump. That really isn't what happened today, but that's fine as well, because these are in things that we were interested in that maybe can get some more exposure and just get more light shine on them, and that's always good. But just a reminder, if you have a campaign that you would like for us to take a look at, whether it's something you yourself are producing or just one that you've backed that you think would be cool, send us an email, therpgacademy at gmail.com. Let us know. No guarantees or promises that we will cover those, but we probably will take a look at them. Uh, and in particular, it doesn't have to be Kickstarter. I myself am having a hard time finding anything I want to cover on any of the other sites. So getting some, helping me find some more to cover would be helpful as well. Uh, but before we go, we have to do our Going Last Memorial Kickstarter. And this is relates back to one of my favorite podcasts, which sadly faded away, Going Last, I Love You Forever. And they covered Kickstarters a lot. And the idea here is that we have nine different campaigns. Each of us will pick one that we are going to back with all the imaginary money in the world. So it's to say, so money's not an issue. If it's a $10,000 level, you could bet, pledge at that if you wanted to. But in this imaginary game, the other eight would then be unavailable to you forever, including even playing them. So if Larry backs one, I can't play his if I back another. So uh, I'll start with you, Larry. In our Kickstarter game, All the Imaginary Money in the World, which of these campaigns is your Kickstarter? I will have to admit, going into this, I have had my mind changed because uh, Brandon going over the, the Bible one, um, I, I didn't look into it very much initially. I honestly was... Uh, when I, I gave it a cursory look and then went on. So looking more into that one, that one's peaked, really peaked my interest. Um, so it's down between that and heckin' good dogs. Uh, you say it's only one though, huh? Yep. You can only pick one and then all the others, you don't ever get to play them even if someone else backs them. <sighs> well, then I'm going to have to go with heckin' good dogs because pulled in by the fun of that aspect, uh, as the fun aspect of that game sounds like a good time. And it's something I can actually see getting played. Uh, and in my back pocket, I will go behind your back and probably get the Bible just to read through it. But yeah, officially heckin' good dogs has my money. Fantastic. All right. And Brandon, what about you? What is your pick starter? If I had all the money in the world to put on one Kickstarter, I would pledge $1,000 to get Arcane Supremacy on Augmented Arcana. Wow. I was kind of leaning that way, too, because if this is imaginary money, then why not, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I'm operating under the impression that this is a world where all of the Kickstarter goals are hit and they actually mm. produce it. <laughs> so getting 10 unlocked decks of your choice and your own ninth level spell you can create seems pretty cool yeah I, I would agree with that as well that was definitely a top tier for me there, there were several that you brought both of you that i would be interested in uh, shepherd's bane seems very cool to me and actually you covering it i got an idea for a for an adventure i'm going to write so definitely got some inspiration <laughs> from just the campaign itself excellent um <laughs> rancid canyons of floating death sheep again i think that's funny the folio retro classics i think that's a solid uh, one that a lot of people probably can back and will, you know, you're going to get good quality from it. Mm -hmm. That augmented arcana, again, if I got imaginary money, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to be hecking good dogs as well. Cause that just, it's too cute, too much fun. And it's a game I probably would actually get to play with my kids. We have a dog, so maybe we get her to play as well. She, <laughs> she sits at the table like a person as it is already. So <laughs> set, set up a, a place for Millie to play. That would be awesome. 
All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, to the listener, please, if you do back any of these uh, campaigns based off of listening to us talk about it, please let the person running the campaign know that, whether that is a comment in the comment section, a personal message, maybe even drop dropping a link saying, hey, I heard about this campaign here. Uh, that would help this show get additional uh, listeners, which will help us grow and do bigger and better things. Um, and again, email is therpgacademy at gmail.com. So Larry, one more time, where can people find you if they want to chat with you about uh, any of the campaigns you've pledged or maybe sell you on their campaign? Hit me up on Twitter at Mumfrey999 and um, Anchor, uh, Mumfrey's Musings. Um, feel free to, to give me a, a DMing advice or GMing advice if it's not specific to D&D. I'm always willing to listen. Fantastic. And Brandon, thank you so much for joining today. I really appreciate you helping us out, filling in that guest co-host spot. We are looking for a full-time co-host, so we're looking at maybe having some people rotate in as a guest co-host until we finally select someone. Where can people find you on the internet and any of the projects you want to, to mention here, please? You can find me on Twitter at Dueling Ogres. Go to DuelingOgres.com for the podcast that I do or any of your podcast catcher apps. I'm also doing a podcast called We're Probably Not Monsters, which is my Powered by the Apocalypse Monster of the Week actual play podcast. Uh, right now we have two episodes up on our own channel, or you can look up We're Probably Not Okay, which is the the first podcast we did where we're also posting the Monsters episodes as well. All right, fantastic. And you can find me, of course, at the RPG Academy on Twitter, on Facebook, and pretty much anywhere. If you look for the RPG Academy, it's probably me. If not, let me know, and you go talk to some people. Uh, just a reminder, there will be a link in the show notes for all the campaigns we covered, all the podcasts we've mentioned, all our Twitter handles, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, and hopefully we will see you in a couple weeks. So thanks, and remember, if you're having fun... You're doing it right. Correct. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time.
The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.